Last time on Pokemon Rollout, the trainers battled against three members of the Fero Corps in an attempt to show their strength and ability to handle themselves in battle. It was a fierce back and forth battle, with both teams taking damage and Pokemon falling on each side. The battle turned when Bernie the Blaziken hit the field, knocking out two Pokemon with a single rock slide, and Snacks the Munchlax dealt the finishing blows on several other Pokemon. With this victory, the trainers proved that they were worthy of knowing the secret of the Fero Corps. They were brought to the top of the Fero Corps headquarters, which not only had an elevated view of the Chandi region, but they were also able to view specific portions of the region at the command of the Fero Corps members. Our trainers were shown a growing darkness that had not been explored by many. Already, three members of the Fero Corps had been lost while investigating this shadow. What could be the source of this darkness? Will our trainers be able to do anything to solve this mystery? The adventure continues today on Pokemon Rollout. Hello and welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master, and you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul, and I play Charlie, world's best boss, Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael, and I play Professor Rudimentus, Hot Cross Bun, Sneeze. <laughs> and I play a Liddy. Er, gosh dang it. <laughs> I've been doing so well. Um, I play Liliana Throat Singer Shadow Garden. <laughs> My wife is dying in the background right now. <laughs> go help her. Go. <laughs> uh, who are you again? Laughing. She's lost it. <laughs> Did she hear everyone else's names? No, she just heard mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to the butt jokes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the butt episode. <laughs> no, no. The trope for Vetoed. every anime. Vetoed. <laughs> at least, okay, at least that happened before the Kamo'o battle and that it wasn't like the Kamo'o battle wasn't the butt scene or the butt episode. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they uh, we, we fought the Fuero Corps and remind, they showed us what again? They showed us the magical Doctor Strange teleportation windows. With the whole map of the Chandy region. But then there was this blackness that was extending and they didn't know what was going on and any of the core members that they sent in uh, disappeared. And right. the thing is, the space is getting larger too. 
Yes, it's growing. It started six months ago. Yes. Uh, the blackness has been there for as long as they've used it, and they've been able to fly past it before with no troubles. Six months ago, it moved in approximately three miles closer into the Chandi region. Going within those three miles that were taken over, every, you can go in and, and fly back, and there's no difference. Going farther than those three miles, the Fero Corps members disappear. Uh, it's a uh, Bermuda Triangle, or if I were more familiar with Chandi uh, region geography, a more relevant triangle <laughs> or circle. <laughs> we're, we're, it, on, on the map, if, if our, our listeners wanted to look at the map, which you can find at tapestryradio.org slash Pokemon dash rollout dash map. If you're looking at the map, whereabout is this? The edges of the map uh, bes- besides the water. So the edges of the map that are lands that would have extended further into land were the original borders of the blackness and it has creeped in now it's yeah three miles closer in so that's not much of a change with the map this is a large map okay but it is a change on all sides besides the south side and all sides besides the water areas yes interesting We're, we're gonna be losing aurora heights soon there's also an element to this and i'm glad that it hasn't happened it hasn't shown up very much you have met only one non-Chandi native in the Chandi region. There's that guy from Alola, right? Yes, so he specifically would have come over water. Uh, two, two. Oh! Two. Yes, I'm... <laughs> two? No, you've met one. Yeah, we, we met one other one. You forget about Viger. You're oh, right. Oh, Viger, <laughs> yeah. I forgot, I forgot, I apologize, but... Yes, he, he, he's canonically from the, the Sinnoh region, but... I am confirming this now... Every visitor to the Chandi region has come via water. Good to know, all right. Which means they've started it in the D region as well, because the Chan region is essentially landlocked. So what are we going to do with, like, the the black blackness thing that the, the Fero Corps people were talking about? Like... It's beyond me, Charlie. I don't. I don't understand. Aren't you a scientist? Scientific mumbo jumbo. Well, I mean, I'm a <laughs> Pokemonologist. Uh-huh. That's different. I don't really see why it's our problem, anyways. I mean. Well, I mean, I, I suppose if the the thing gets bigger, like they've been saying, Fero Corps people have been disappearing in it. Like it could become our problem, and like. It could, it could be good. Well, they probably, should definitely. do better. It's not like people over in Ratu just kind of give up because their turf was taken. No, you just you fight. You do better. You learn. Furicor, not doing good. I mean, isn't that they're saying they can't do better, so they're calling like us? Like they want us to do better for them? It's still weak. Can, it, it, something just occurred to me. Can I roll a Pokemon Ed to see if any of this resonates with that? Oh, sure. Would that be Nicole? Uh, you can do a cult. I'll do some occult. Might, might yield some more information. <laughs> I love that. Was, uh, that might need to be my next tagline. Charlie, I'll do a cult. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> 17 Pokemon Ed. Okay. Um, I think I get six dice to throw at a cult. I do. Usually you want to roll those, not throw them at people. Hate <laughs> them! Are we? Uh, twenty. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, are we still up with the Fero Corps looking at the map and stuff? I was assuming you were heading back at this point. Okay, never mind then. 
Um, I rolled 24 in occult education. Professor Sneeze, this does not sound like any known Pokemon that you know of. Yeah, this this starts to go into legendaries, which is not your purview. Mm-hmm. I would say for the most part, uh, and there's none specific attached to darkness and things like that that you can think of, especially since the darkness doesn't seem to be physical, as in you, you fly through it and it's not physical darkness, it's just on the map that, that you were shown. Charlie, you're, it's a little hazier for you. You're trying to think through, there are, certain, there are certainly like dark rise connected with darkness and dreams and nightmares, but again, this is technologically based. Technological, uh, mythological or technological legendaries are more of a recent phenomenon if they exist at all. That's kind of more of a here or there. So the myths and legends around them are a little weird. You definitely know of myths in the Chan region dealing with invaders or an invader or attackers or an attacker coming from outside. The the out like it, it's usually it that there's there are certainly plenty of stories in Chan lore, even when they were nomadic, of something or some things coming from outside and moving inwards to attack. Generally, there's the, it's it gets kind of muddled um, at this point. Like you, it'd be something that you, like it's like remembering a story from your childhood that maybe didn't catch your interest as much. So yeah. you know it exists, but you'd have to track it down to find out more. And just to be clear, we said that this, uh, this, uh, like, this black spot, the darkness, was uh, north? North, east, and west. It's north of you because you guys are, you are on the mountains, and so there's still water to the east and west of you, but it's east and west and north. I'd say probably at about this point you guys get back to the monastery, um, and are able to head back in, and you are met by Cole Danton. All right, uh, you guys had your visit there. I'm glad they were able to talk to you quick while you were up here. And I'm thinking you guys are about ready to head out at this point. Uh, I guess that's probably something we ought to do. Yeah, you got about as much training as you're going to get on the first floor, and you don't have the badges to make it to the second. So you could just give us more badges, like that would we could <laughs> just go higher that way. You got to earn badges. those, kid. Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> And so, well, you could, uh, easiest way is to go back through the Crystal Caverns, retrace your steps back to where you were before, and start heading back towards High Keep. Or if you wanted, you could take the route that the uh, initiates think I don't know about when they try to sneak away at, when, I'm t- when I've told them that they aren't ready to go to the outside world yet. <laughs> is that quicker? <laughs> oh, much quicker. Let's do that. That's my vote. <laughs> Yeah, quicker! I didn't like being underground that long. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'll, I'll tell the Guardians to let you pass unless you want a challenge. Yeah. Who are the Guardians? Out of character, are those the, um, the, um, Conkledur? They're not. Okay, so back in character, who are the Guardians? <laughs> Alright, here, let me show you where you're going. Alright, and he leads you down, um, he actually leads you through the room to a... Side doorway that you hadn't seen before, that was, it looks like uh, essentially like a janitorial door or a maintenance door, uh, opens up and there are steps leading downwards. Uh, and you're able to take these steps down into the basement of the Monastery of the Scaled Fist, where you find yourself in a room. Uh, this room is roughly rectangular. 
in it, and there are piles of what seem to be like worn and they're not necessarily dirty, but they're worn to the point where you can like worn clothing to the point where it really can't be worn anymore. It's mostly rags and pieces in piles in certain areas just around the room. They're they're piled up highest next to these three circular holes in the floor in the back of the room. Um, and these circular holes, you can see from where you're standing, they just seem to kind of go down. You can kind of see a start of a slant as though they're tunnels that kind of slant down and, and outwards a bit. Uh, standing in the middle of the room, kind of sorting through the clothing a little bit, but generally just kind of keeping an eye on the doorway are two figures, uh, one of which is red and one of which is blue. Both of them seem to be wearing kind of karate uniforms almost, uh, in white mm. with black belts and black around them, but uh, the red one is more is squatter and seems to be a little bit bulkier, uh, whereas the blue one is taller and is moving a bit faster and a little whippier. Uh, with their movements, uh, they kind of turn to regard you, and you see them both settle into stances as you step forward, but then they pause as they see Coldanton as they're with you. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. Quick Pokemon. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna, what is my score in Sesame Street education? <laughs> <laughs> 23. 23. Yes, you would know that this is, um, uh, the blue one is a sock. And the red one is a throw. These are both pure fighting types. They do not have any evolutions. Just judging by looking at them, these are old Pokemon. Hmm. And when, in regards to fighting types, old means powerful. Right. Mm. right. It's like, yeah, you could, you could have a ch challenge with these guys. I mean, you just have to get past them, but you, you have to jump into one of the chutes there. Uh, take some clo take some cloths with you, or else it's going to be a really bumpy ride. And they all they all go in about the same place, so you can take the same shoot or take different shoots. Up to you. Uh, as much as Charlie does want to bring uh, uh, Nilly out and try to uh, do battle with these fighting types, he's like, next time on our way back, we'll maybe we'll tussle with you guys. But <laughs> I, I'm with you, Charlie. As as in, as much as I want to honor you. Great master fighting types, uh, with a with a, a good battle. I think we need to hurry. There seems to be a lot going on, and and we need to try to stay ahead of it. Um, so maybe we'll we'll pass it for now. Charlie's already grabbed some of the the clothes and stuff, and is like kind of like laying them down and like putting some around Katana as well. And he's hopping down the left chute. <laughs> there goes Charlie. Uh, Liliana, should we split the party? Or should we follow Charlie? Liliana's already have like already has clothes wrapped around her and Grunge, and she's going down the one on the right. She's going down shoot three. Alrighty, we're splitting. I'm going down the middle. Here I You're go. You're going down shoot two. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you grabbed enough cl enough cloths to pad yourselves for the trip. You made sure to get yourselves enough padding, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So. What you all three just jumped down are giant, smooth tunnels cut straight through the mountain by an unknown predecessor. They go almost straight down and then slowly arc outwards. You get the feeling that you, um, after a bit, you get the feeling that you're moving beyond where the crystal caverns are and you're possibly underneath the Chan area of the Chandi region as you're moving along. Can I get an athletics check from everyone? Oh no. <laughs> 
Uh, if you can th figure out a way to to pad yourself from basically going down a gigantic rock slide without using an athletics check, I will hear it. Charlie uh, has 18 in his athletics. Okay. Liliana has 11, and she has puppy padding with Grunge's software. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send out Arthur the Hone Edge. Arthur, come on out! And I'm going to grab a hold of him, and I'm going to say, Hold me up! Hold me up so we can land softly! Okay, give me an th athletics check still, but that, that will sure. modify your roll. Uh, that is a six. I rolled a six nice. on okay. my one die. <laughs> It's a critical success, right? <laughs> no, uh, but uh, you guys are shooting downwards. Uh, Professor Sneeze holding on for dear life to a Hunnage who's like, Wait, where have you put me? Why am I underground? Why are we heading down at, at breakneck speeds? What in the world is going on? And so you're, you're shooting down that way. Uh, Liliana is clinging on to Grunge, who is having the time of his life. <laughs> like, this is the best thing in the world. And then Charlie is just kind of shooting downwards while Katana is just on his back like, okay, yeah, this is my life now. <laughs> All right, you guys keep going down, down, down. Then you start leveling out. You're still going at breakneck speeds, but you're kind of starting to move forward as much or maybe more than you're going down. Can I get another athletics check from everyone? That was a critical fail to one. Okay. <laughs> I got a 12. <laughs> 16. Charlie's still making it through, and this is just, you know, another day for him. Katana's <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're going through this. She actually seems to be a little more comfortable than she normally is. Maybe uh, she's used to being... It's, she's around less people. Send down there. Uh, Liliana with uh, Grunge is still having a great time. Professor Sneeze, you're doing pretty well, but then uh, there's one point where you lift and with Arthur, lift uh, Arthur up just a little bit too high. So he, the tip of his blade touches the top and kind of kicks him backwards. So you get knocked backwards. You take four damage mm. and one injury. Uh. Which is like in a solid knockback and hit. All right, and you're still shooting down, going forwards. You're definitely going forwards now. One of the advantages of the cloths, it's making it a lot easier to keep yourself from getting hurt. Disadvantages of the cloths, they don't have as much friction as you would without them. So you're <laughs> still shooting along on this tunnel. Uh, can I get one more athletics check from everyone? Yeah, buddy. That's another one. <laughs> I got a 13. <laughs> 17. Liliana and Charlie, as far as you guys can tell, this is just a great ride. You guys are heading down. <laughs> These are going along. This is a nice, smooth tunnel. <sighs> Professor Sneeze, unfortunately, uh, you're doing actually still pretty well, but in your efforts to get yourself back up, you kind of unbalance Arthur, who wobbles a bit and sends you knocking around into another wall. You take two damage and another injury. He's going to be dead by the end of this. How does it work with injuries? Because, like, I'm above my max injured HP. I'm going to say keep it as HP normally. You should have taken more damage than this, but I rolled incredibly low. Okay. So normally you would have taken more damage, but uh, just, just keep it as it is now. But that just means that if you lose that HP, you can't gain it back until your injuries are gone. Got it. I'm using kind of the damage that you get from fall damage, honestly, with this. Okay. You gain an injury for every 10 feet you fall. So 
uh, and 10 injuries is death. So if you fall 100 feet, you die. Just as a, as a future reference, but. Okay, you guys are going through there. You're shooting down. Charlie, you were the first one in, so you're heading through. And as you're going, the tunnel suddenly opens up into a cavern, launching you across it at breakneck speed. So it kind of like scoops up into a jump and you're shooting across this cavern. Uh, on the other <laughs> side, you can see that the chute continues with light spilling out the far end. You're almost done. However, Sitting in your way are a pair of large, squarish boulders with the faces and claws of crab-like Pokemon peeking out from underneath them. They stare at you in shock, unable to move away quite fast enough. What do you do? You have one round to get them to move. I'm going to assume Charlie has a little bit of experience because Charlie does have a Pokemon that evolves into these guys. Mm -hmm. We're going to... Think a moment here. I'm gonna see if we can do something cool with the Pokemon here. Oh, hey, yeah, we're gonna uh, bring Nelly out, and um, Nelly's gonna use teleport. Nice. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Give me a focus <laughs> check from Nilly, because you're pulling her out in the in midair at breakneck speeds and asking her to do a pinpoint teleport past someone. Oh, she's gonna do great. She's got she's got four d six in focus. Oh, nice. <laughs> Pl plus four. Hey, when are you gonna trade her to me so you get an Alakazam? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've been duped by that too many times on the GTS. <laughs> um, no, this is actually a really good roll. It is math. It's hard to do. It's an 18 plus 4, 22 in focus. Says the math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you pull Nilly out, and she has a moment of like, what is going on? And Charlie's like, uh, do something. <laughs> yeah, luckily, like, instinct prevails, and she grabs onto you, and suddenly, with, like, a bit, you're on the other side. Just to let you know, Transporter takes one willing trainer or Pokemon. You look back, just in time to oh, see no. Katana <gasps> flying towards them. Give me an acrobatics check for Katana. Come on, Katana, you can do it, you can do it. She's got 3d6 for acrobatics. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty good roll here. Slightly above average. We're looking at uh, an 11 in acrobatics. So Katana is flying towards them, and just as she gets them, she manages to slam one of her blades on the top of the Pokemon and basically do a flip over them and lands in the chute behind you. And you go flying through and up and out, and you land in kind of a bigger pile of... Worn, worn and kind of rotting clothing. It's not terrible, but it's just like, this has been here for a bit and kind of left. Um, some of it you can see have been taken away, but it's been left as just like, this is the dumping area for this stuff. Yeah, so yeah, Charlie uh, lands in kind of a, uh, a, like a floof, like a poof. And then I assume a few seconds later, Katana follows after with a yep. slight clank. <laughs> right into his butt. And, Char and Charlie, Charlie gives Katana a thumbs up, like, way to go, you did awesome, you too, Nelly, that was so fun! Katana just walks <laughs> up to you, and one of her blades is just right at the center of your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just lowers. <laughs> but like, don't, not again, not again. Char Charlie just looks down a little bit abashedly and kind of like, you had fun, I know you did. <laughs> Liliana was the second one down, but her shoot is actually the longest of the three. So, <laughs> Professor Sneeze reaches the end of his first. So you pass through the winding tunnels for a long time before suddenly shooting out over a small, 
seemingly deep lake. The um, It's sky above you now, so you're out, sailing across it towards a large pile of abandoned clothing and cloths. Even as you fly across, however, a long grayish tentacle unfurls from the water, reaching Ooh. up towards you. What do you do? A tentacle is reaching towards me. Yep. Snap. I slash at it with Arthur. He's Ooh. weaponized, right? Yes, he is. So give um, me a struggle check as Professor Sneeze. This is not maybe the best option, but it's a thing I can do. So. And it makes sense as right. the snap judgment for sure. Right. Uh, that's a nat 20! Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is he? Does he count as something like special for that? I'm, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. He, he is. He's because, a weapon. Yeah, it's, it's living. It's he's living weapon, which does fun stuff. Use the wielder's movement speed. Man, part. Oh, simpler fine weapon. You don't have the. You don't have uh, the combat skill rank to use any of his moves. Okay. But since it is a small weapon, small melee weapon, uh, your attack does change slightly, like the damage. Okay. Does. So small melee weapon, raise the damage base by one. <laughs> so you usually roll with a damage base of four. Right, so it's a DP of five. Mm-hmm. So it's 1d8 plus eight, so 2d8 plus 16. Plus your attack. Yes. Plus my name. Um, uh, that's 40. Normal physical. Or is it typeless? I uh, know, it'd be normal. Yeah, because you're using it as... Uh, it might be type less so in this case it doesn't. Or is it steel? Or is it ghost? No. No. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's still a struggle attack, so it would be type less. Or normal. That did 35 normal physical damage, which mm -hmm. wasn't actually enough to give this thing an injury, but you still, you go swinging at this thing, and Arthur cuts a... Like, you just have perfect timing. You're going to perfect speed things. You lop the top off of this tentacle. <laughs> and so you just hit it and cut it off as you're going through. And you, you hear kind of like a... You see bubbles erupt from the water. And this thing shoots the tentacle back into it. And you go flying across and land in a tumble on this on this clothing. Um, as you're kind of looking back, you see deep red lights under the lake <laughs> like a couple of glowing red lights that just kind of go and then sink back down that's a 24 pokemon ed yeah uh that was a tentacruel okay you have no idea what it's doing in a freshwater lake but it's here and apparently it's been grabbing at things that come through the chutes so mm -hmm. hmm. well that was weird you did a decent amount of damage to it, so it's you know it, it, it's it's licking its wounds now. But way to go, Arthur! You're awesome. Does a tentacle of tongue uh, tongue kind of learn a lick? No. Yeah, Arthur kind of vibrates in your hand, like put me back now. <laughs> he just like took me out and like shot me through something, and then used me to cut off a tentacle. What's going on? <laughs> All right, you can come back, Arthur. It's your turn. Alright, so then Liliana went through the final shoot. Uh, your shoot dumps you out, so it actually kind of goes up and then you fall out of it almost. Into the middle of a small landfill of old rotting clothing. Even as you land with a thump, a strange misshapen humanoid shape sits up abruptly from the midst of the pile. 
holding far too still for a living creature. Its glowing red eyes began to scan around it, revealing a mouth sealed shut by a heavy zipper, locked in a rictus smile. It will notice you soon, and it doesn't seem to be friendly. What do you do? It will notice me soon. Yes, it doesn't seem to have noticed you yet. But it, it's looking around, and it will probably notice you soon. I'm going to try to quick recall Grunge and then hide in plain sight. Okay, uh, that should work fine, so give me a stealth check. 14. Not good. <laughs> you go and duck behind it. Uh, you're kind of a little wobbly from going through it, but you return to him. You go, and the thing looks and looks to where you're hiding behind and looks past and then snaps back to you. Oh. (laughs) One misshapen, not quite hand reaches up towards one of its eyes and seems to reach into it and pulls out a long nail. Oh no, come on. That's not good. It then shifts and slams it into its own forehead. It uses curse. It's a voodoo doll of you. <laughs> I have a zipper mouth now? It's <laughs> not canon. <laughs> it just did use curse on you. So, Liliana, you are up. Uh, if you want to get away from this thing or. Next episode Liliana Rescue Mission. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a ghosty goo. As Liliana moans in horror. (laughs) Does this thing look too tough to beat? It's pretty tough. Uh, Give me a Pokemon education check. Oh, man. I mean, you have 3d6 for it. I know what it is. 11. Just from what it did, you're pretty (laughs) sure it's a ghost type, as you've already figured out. This thing seems tough decently tougher than most things you face. Not as tough as some of the big things you faced, but still decently tanky. One big thing that's in your favor at the moment, though, is one, it's a ghost type, and you have a lot of dark types to work with. Mm -hmm. And two, it just knocked off a chunk of its own health to curse you. I'm going to release Ruse, and then can I also do Living Shadow at the same time? Ooh. Uh, what type of move is Living Shadow? It is static. Uh, your own shadow. So uh, you can use a dark type move, yes. Oh, so I don't have to call that I'm using Living Shadow. No, just that, that just means you, you can originate it from any square adjacent to you. Well, what do you know? Okay, so you released Ruse. Ruse, that's a move action, so yes, you have a standard action. Cool. What does Ruse look like? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, she's going to look like... A Ghostbuster. <laughs> Has Ruse ever seen a Ghostbuster? Oh, Ruse is at full health, too, by the way. Oh, sweet. Okay. Otherwise, you oh, just wait, Does that mean all our Pokemon from last time are healed? Yeah, I'll put all your po- have all your Pokemon be healed. Sorry. Okay. No, you guys just ran off while after, before <laughs> healing your Pokemon. <laughs> Cold Anton's sitting there like, I mean, we could have healed them for them, but I'm like, whatever. You, you do you. The thing is, he would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. 
I'm going to use faint attack. Both me and my shadow are going to use faint attack. That doesn't let you do two moves. That means that you can oh. use a move from a square adjacent to you. Oh, okay. So it's like you can reach one square farther with your moves. But you were going to use faint attack, you said? Yeah, I'm going to use faint attack. Okay. Uh, roll to see if he crits. Okay. <laughs> I got a three. I okay. definitely did not. But, but you hit. Can't miss. Auto hit. So go ahead with that. Ugh, math. 31. 31 dark physical? Yes. And we subtract defense, then multiply. No. No. You, we multiply, you then subtract. Subtract defense, then weakness. Okay, so it is defense, then weakness? Defense, then weakness. I think so. I wrote it down because I always forget. Yeah, I always forget. <laughs> yeah, okay. We right. need a mnemonic for this. <laughs> yeah, defense, then weakness. Perfect. Okay. It's alphabetical. So then it took 24 dark physical damage, which is enough to give it one injury, but not enough to faint it. So you immediately respond to this thing, you know, shoving a, a nail into its own forehead by going forward and just whipping your whip at it and smacking it with the darkened energy. It kind of reels back and you see a cut open up in its like cloth-like uh, skin from that and a little bit of padding kind of seeps out from it. But it just like kind of flips back up and is looking at you. Also, at the end of your turn, lose two ticks of HP because you're cursed. Because of that, um, and be you release Ruse, so Ruse goes immediately. Sweet. She's that Oh, fast. you shared the shoots with us. Snap. Yes. I'm going to have Ruse use Night Slash. 17. Ah, oh, come on. Went away from crit. Come on. That hits almost a critical, but not quite. Thirty-three, dark physical. You rolled a two and a one. Yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> <snap. laughs> Yup. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. You said thirty-three, dark physical. Yeah. <laughs> that did twenty-seven, dark physical damage. Ooh, but I'm also gonna call blackout strike. Ooh. Okay, so 27 dark physical, and then Go to sleep. what Blackout Strike does once more for my own head. After the triggering attack is resolved, the target of the attack gains an injury and falls asleep. And what's the second part of that? If this attack would put them at three or more injuries or at or under 25% of their max HP, the target instead becomes fainted. Oh, snap. Minus on that, this Pokemon has insomnia, so it cannot be put to sleep. Ah. Uh, Plus yeah. on that, Night Slash brought it below 25% of its HP. Boom! <laughs> oh man, Blackout Strike is yeah. nice. So Ruse jumps forward and slashes this thing with like, and like jumps behind it and hits it that would normally knock it out. She hits it and you see like the, the puff of like stuffing or something go flying out. And it spins its head completely around to look at Ruse that, that just hit it. And then it's you see its eyes, like the red of its eyes reflected off Ruse flicker and just fade as it just flops back down. Uh, you also feel that dark energy or whatever it was that had just hit from that thing doing whatever it did to you. You feel that fade from you as well. <laughs> 
I'm the real nightmare around here. <laughs> uh, can I get a general education from everyone? General education or perception, I'll say. Sorry. Oh, okay. Ooh, I'll go with that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wimps. <laughs> we're like we're idiots, but we can we can see things real good. Yeah. Twenty-two. <laughs> That's general ed. Thirteen perception. Okay. Twelve perception. Ugh. Professor Sneeze, you realize, and uh, Charlie, after a little bit of looking around, you get you you get to know because you've grown up in this area that you're maybe two days travel from Landsmeet. Oh wow! You just went a fairly insane distance underground, and just popped out a fair distance away. Professor Sneeze, by looking around, knowing geography and and things, you realize that as well. You're roughly wow. two days-ish travel. And Charlie and Liliana realize immediately, and it takes Professor Sneeze a little bit longer, is uh, none of your companions are within eyesight of you. Oh, oh no. And judging by, uh, Liliana might know, but the other two wouldn't realize yet, they don't seem to be within earshot either since no one responded to the attacks. Charlie, Liliana, where are you? I didn't need them anyways. There's gotta be a way to contact them. Okay, I'm gonna look through my bag. Yeah, flashlight's gun. That would be good. That's because I am the flashlight, of course. Hey, well, I'll turn my lights on. Hey, hello! <laughs> I'm gonna shoot some stars up in the air. Alright, the midday sun uh, dampens things a little bit for you. Well, that did the part of Liliana is going to return Ruse, and then she's going to release Grunge again and be like, hey, buddy. You feel like sniffing out some of our old friends? I know this place is really stinky, but you got a strong nose. I believe in you. And like we'll say to, <laughs> I don't know what what they would be, but Liliana has pickpocketed maybe an item or two from Charlie and Professor Sneeze. So she's like, here, you can get their scent <laughs> off of this. That's about right. <laughs> yep. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to take a minute and uh, wrap some bandages on myself. Okay. Sounds good. After six hours, they will heal your injuries, so. Again, I don't want to necessarily, like, split the party and get ahead of people, but Charlie would just be like, huh, I, I guess we're not as close as uh, Cold Aunt Danton said they would, uh, we'd come out, so, um, let's just start heading to, uh, to Landsmeet. Nilly, you can return. I assume Bernie would be relatively familiar with this area, too, so Bernie and I were gonna just start walking to Landsmeet. You released Bernie? Yeah. The moment Bernie is released, he lands, the Blaziken, gets up, looks around, and then spins and takes off sprinting. Bernie, what are you doing? I, Charlie runs after him, I guess. Um, a Blaziken is much faster than you are. Oh no. Okay. No. How long does it take me to realize this? <laughs> Not very long, since yeah, he gets three meters longer for every, and, and with sprinting, he just goes insanely fast. Alright, um, let me try, uh, command check to try and get him to ret return. Okay. Uh, Bernie, no, I mean, yeah, we're going that way, but just hold, hold up, man. Uh, that's a decent roll on three dice, it's a 13. Yeah, we're going that way, Charlie says about any way. <laughs> <laughs> he spares a glance back at you and maybe falters for a moment, but he continues to run. And oh, is soon no. out of your sight, but in his haste, he is leaving burning footprints on the ground. And so there are scorched footprints giving you an easy trail to where he's going. 
I gotta get my backstory written and recorded soon, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using what I have. <laughs> this is some of your backstory, but it's not as much your backstory that I'm using. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in, in the continuity, like, when we can't come around to, like, our hometowns, we've had our backstory oh, sure. episodes. But so. I think with that, with Professor Sneeze binding his injuries and getting ready to find the rest, uh, with Liliana having grunge out to send out the rest and to get everyone gathered back together, and with Charlie looking at the scorched footprints of his first Pokemon companion as he sprints off into the distance towards something that seems to be extremely important to him. I think we may be out of time for this episode. Now, I want it to be longer, I admit. But... Thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapsteradio.org slash Pokemon-Rollout, on Twitter at PokeRollPodcast, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PokeRollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve your request to join. There you can join in the conversation with creators and fans and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. Also, follow our network on Twitter at TapsterRadio and check out some of our other great shows at TapsterRadio.org. Like Intermission, Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch, Freddy Goes to a Podcast, and Us Play Fiasco. A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles. And feel free to check the show notes for the other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me on Twitter at PokeRollNick. I'm Paul. On Twitter, you can find me at ProfSnag. And uh, always uh, come and hang out with us in our Discord and in our uh, tap room. Always like chatting with people there and having various conversations. And just, yeah, come come hang out with us. We're, we're fun sometimes. So Sometimes we are, yes. Uh, I am Michael. I'm on Twitter at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. Uh, you can also get in touch with us through our website, tapestryradio.org. There's a contact section there that you and I'm Lydia, and you can follow me on Twitter at LIL underscore Shadow 8. Oh, and here I was rooting that it would happen during the gym battle. You can follow me on Twitter at Behind Your Eyelie. That's behind your E-Y-E-L-I. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollout, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you really like us, donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. And get some sweet rewards. Special thanks to our patrons. Box Cheese, Nathan Jester, DGZ, Dr. Adeno, Gregory Lopez, David Harshman, Rob, Mark Smith, Froxus, Anelli T, Legendary, Eric Lonquist, Azure Spider, Peter Stadmuller, Michael, Richie Kammer, Tim Jacobson, Ursa93, and Terry Fowl. You guys are awesome and we can't say it enough. We really appreciate all that you, the gentle listeners, do for us. Thanks for listening and we'll catch ya later. Bye. Bye. Is Burning gonna go kill some floatsel? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs>
will the party be split? Find out next time on Pokemon Rollout. Is my character sheet? Where where is Charlie? Where'd he go? He's hiding. <laughs> is, he, is he in here, Charlie? Or he probably just walked off in the wrong direction. Yep, yep, that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he clap. <laughs> I'm glad he died. I totally agree. <laughs> I'm only drinking water. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose we should get down the character sheet now. Maybe. Some things. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, get your character sheet. You're not my mom. So what? <laughs> I'm just bossy. <laughs> In a wild twist of events, it turns out that Liliana is Professor Sneeze's mom. She's just a time oh. traveler as well. <laughs> Dialga. She was the Dialga will the not time. be appearing in this story. To ruin my vacation. <laughs> well, no, guys, Dialga's gonna be the final boss. You just can't spoil it for us. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Or, or is Dialga the first boss? Because <laughs> it's Dialga. <laughs> <laughs> or is Dialga every boss of all time? Hmm. Yes. Dialga is the world's best boss. <laughs> <laughs> Give him that Dialga Pokemon is my best god. I have a meme to make. <laughs> <laughs> what did happen last episode, by the way? <laughs> if I recall, if, if, let me see if I, if I can remember things. The Furocore wanted to meet us. We beat up yep. on their Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Oh, we had yep. to prove ourselves, that's right. And then they that's told funny. us to go back. <laughs> they, they, give, they give us some critical information that I forget. And then they told us to go back. Well, okay, they brought us building to the rooftop terrace restaurant. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it and it and it had like the the um, Doctor Strange teleportation windows. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I love that. I'm, I'm but then there's a section was, that had this uh, beneficial and informative <laughs> for you all. <laughs> Enjoy looking at the top of my head. <laughs> it's just no, it like I'm Skyping my parents. Um, so the Amazon uh, um, Echo will has like a Pokemon, uh, like you have to do like what's called Pikachu talk. Oh no! Yeah. And so like oh, it'll yeah. like it'll talk like as Pikachu, and it'll. Um... So Ryan Reynolds? No. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> um. So but it'll, it'll talk talk as Pikachu, and uh, it'll it'll sing. Happy birthday singing, you know, uh, you know, Pika Pika. So we did that yesterday. It was great. It was wonderful. Except now Alexa, like, won't talk to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was for a child's birthday, Alexa. Come on. All right. mm. <laughs> Do you just make him laugh while he was? <laughs> Got him. Can any of you hum while you whistle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're halfway through to being a throat singer. 
Clappy, clappy, dance, dance. Clappy, clappy, dance, dance. When you learn something new, you do the clappy dance dance. We do need to start at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, like, let's just do a small recap. So we beat up on the Fero Corps. They said that we we won the honor to... (laughs) Won an honor to be beaten up by... (laughs) Come hang out. We kicked their butts. Yes. Seems like I turned it around. (laughs) Is that going to be the theme for this episode? How many times can we get butts in there? It's the butt episode. <laughs> Part two. Well, thank you everyone for no, joining so us. That's all number the time two. that we have for this week. Uh... Oh no, guys. Okay, last butt episode joke. And this one comes from my wife. Before we keep going. She says, the butt episode. So you're catching a bunch of psilosis, magmar, and wait for it. Jiggly tush. <laughs> but it could happen. You're, you're saying but there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love episodes where you already hear sighs from Nick, and also like right before we start recording, audience, you may hear this at the at the like the bloopers. Like right before we started, like this episode it was like, oh dear. <laughs> or no, it was, oh boy, oh boy, sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's what we need to introduce our names with next time. Is just all of the Nickisms. Oh no. Yes. Oh, that, that's one. Oh no. That's one. <laughs> we need we need a, a tracker for for all the Nickisms. How many times have we gotten to say, oh dear, oh boy? <laughs> I think that'll just make him be more self-conscious about sigh. it. Sigh. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody go through on your, you know, 29th listen through the podcast. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, all right, so we should start doing some role playing about this stuff. So um, now Charlie says this in character. Yeah, we should. Um, so maybe Quite we should possible. start doing some role playing about. I mean, uh, so what are we gonna? Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Obviated objects of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From From our our fancy fancy to to yours. yours.